What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from TamanBaseballFan.com. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Uh, it is, you know, early July now, I guess. So, <laughs> man, this uh, time is uh, flying by super fast. I think it's uh, going by faster for me than it is for Holly. Um, I don't know if you've heard this or not yet, but um, we're actually expecting our third child. Um, I don't think I've mentioned that on the podcast, but we're about uh, three months away, three and a half months away, something like that. Uh, from uh, child number three coming into the world and uh, we'll have had we have a 19 year old Atticus and three-year-old Beckett but the the funny thing is is we'll have a have had a child in our 20s which is in the 2000s in our 30s which is in the 2010s and now in our 40s in the 2020s so prayers are definitely appreciated (laughs) I feel like uh feel like an old man right now 42 years old about to have a a, a newborn along with a, a you know three old running around so uh <laughs> so it'll be it'll be interesting it'll be an interesting mix and we'll uh we're super excited but uh yeah it's, it seems like it's going by super fast uh for me and not so fast for holly though so uh in the midst of this i uh, have kind of probably uh brought this on myself as far as the speed, how everything's going, because I'm always busying myself. Uh, one of which things is a uh, really, gosh, I don't know how to describe it other than a spectacular purchase. Uh, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about just uh, first of all the the how amazing it is to really kind of dig yourself into a hole of uh, go down any certain path of collecting cards, whether it be player, team, or whatever. Uh, the fun thing about it is, is I've, because I've sold my stuff and rebought over and over again, I've had the, the unique opportunity, I would say, to be able to step back and look at collecting almost as like a multiverse, where, you know, in my universe, it was all about Conseco collecting. But stepping back, realizing that there are other collectors out there that are just as hardcore and just as passionate, if not more so, about their players. Bo Jackson, uh, you know, Randy, ja- uh, Randy Johnson, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Ken Griffey Jr., uh, Juan Gonzalez. I mean, all of these players have diehard fans and diehard collectors. And so... Uh, it, it runs deep with them. It's uh, it's a thing where uh, I might have mentioned this a little earlier because I, I, th- I feel like I've uh, talked about this in the past. Um, but where you have uh, people that are, uh, you know, so uh, obsessive about collecting, myself included, because I've been there, um, where, you know, they go to sleep at night and they're you know, really kind of nervous about missing out. They wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and the first thing they do is they check their phone for eBay to see if they've missed out. They wake up in the morning, first thing they do is check eBay and see if they've missed out on anything. And, you know, sometimes they get into intense knockdown, drag out battles uh, when it comes to auctions. And again, like I said, I've been there before. And the difference is when you are that into collecting if you win 
uh, a highly sought after card, it is time to celebrate, right? But if you lose, oh boy, it is really, really unfortunate. It's a, it's a bad time and uh, it can kind of ruin your day, <laughs> you know, if you let it. So uh, there's uh, people like this, there are personalities like this in every uh, facet of our hobby. And when I'm saying, when I say multiverse, I really do feel like it's kind of like a multiverse. When you step back and you see all these other little universes that are just kind of humming along with just as much intensity, if not more so, than what you're used to. And I just find that fascinating, guys. I really do. So that's kind of where it brings us tonight. Uh, and this, uh, this all started about a month ago. I had a message that somebody wrote to me and they said, hey, Tanner, uh, the guy's name is Bobby, by the way. Uh, you don't by any chance have any interest in uh, uh, super collecting Gary Carter, do you? <laughs> I laughed a little bit and I was like, oh, no, I don't. But uh, why? What's going on? And so let me tell you a little bit about Bobby. Uh, Bobby is a great guy, like as far as as far as I know. Like I really uh, have enjoyed getting to know him more over the past month. And uh, just a very genuine person. And he is a hardcore Gary Carter fan. Like a super fan and super collector. And so, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's one of those guys where if you were to go over to his house and look at everything that he had, you'd say, wow, this is the guy. You know, and uh, his collection is that impressive. And so probably I would say the most as far as I know, the most complete uh, Gary Carter collection, which is really impressive. Uh, yeah, as far as expensive goes, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't think so. I, I think uh, at the very least, Anthony, my, my good friend Anthony, he's, uh, he is, uh, I would say, probably king of all the Gary Carter stuff as far as I know. He's got all kinds of knobs and barrels and that sort of thing, and his collection, forget about it, you know. <laughs> but Bobby's is just, uh, is just, truly amazing in terms of uh depth and width and you know whatever else you know whether what uh whatever other metric you want to throw at it it's it's ridiculous like just jaw dropping so obviously when bobby said hey are you interested in super collecting gary carter kind of perked my ears up and I go well no but dot 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 what's up <laughs> He said, well, yeah, I'm actually thinking about uh, selling my collection. I'm like, oh. So when you hear this, guys, like when you hear a super collector, you know, I don't want to say calling it quits, but maybe retiring or I don't know. Like, you know, keep in mind, Bobby's been at this hardcore for like 30 years, right? You know, you got to listen to the story at least. So I did. And, um, you know, there's in every collector's uh, life, I think there comes a time where you're like, okay. Uh, there can come a time, at least, where you just, you know, it's best to part ways. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, <laughs> I'm no exception. You know, that's happened to me in the past as well. And uh turned out to be the best thing possible for me. So, uh, I wanted to listen to Bobby, at the very least, to be able to be there to give some advice. Uh, I didn't think that there was going to be a deal to be had. Uh, but I was wrong. <laughs> He, uh, he actually did a tremendous job with his collection in terms of documenting everything. And 
I thought that was just so impressive because most collections I get, um, it's a hodgepodge of things. And there's no rhyme or reason, certainly no list, definitely no organization. So this was like a night and day difference from what I'm used to. This had meaning, this had purpose. This was clearly a part of his life, his passion, his life's work. And so uh, I said, you know what? I need to really take a long, hard look at this. And I need to see if uh, that right person to get this collection was me. You know, I, wa I wanted to really kind of uh, investigate. So over the course of a week or two, we went back and forth and I said, you know, and by the way, you know, he was uh, asking more than I'd ever spent on a single purchase of cards before uh, in one sitting. And so, you know, it takes a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of really kind of thinking and praying through something like that just to make sure that's right. And, you know, because it can, it can get something, it can get to be like really, really uh, concerning uh, if you don't do the, uh, do the right thing in the situation. So... Uh, after a while, after a week or two, um, we kind of did the unthinkable and uh, we came to an agreement. And so the agreement was that Bobby and his wife, and by the way, I've said this on YouTube, I think also, these two people, you guys, they're just the sweetest people ever. Like, they're just great. We would probably be best friends with them if they, if they lived here. But um, anyways, they, uh, they agreed to drive all the way halfway across the United States <laughs> to deliver this collection, hand deliver it to, uh, to where I live, which that was kind of really the only way it was gonna work. Uh, but anyway, so uh, they agreed to it and they came over. And what was funny is the day of, Bobby messaged me and he said, you know, uh, we're doing a lot of driving here. Um, I know the plan was to get there tomorrow and you know drop off everything tomorrow morning what do you think about me coming over at midnight my first thought was like oh man that's crazy no way i wouldn't you know can't do that that's nuts and i started thinking about it. i was like huh why not and i go okay um my son atticus he was at his uh at a mission trip with our church in new york and uh you know holly and beckett were asleep so i was thinking you know this is this is an okay time as long as you know we keep everything quiet and we move everything in the living room and after they leave i'll just throw everything in my office or uh you know put everything in the garage or a mix of both or whatever so i said you know let's do it let's do it so i got sat up on uh, set up on the uh tv and started watching some of my stories <laughs> as i like to do and i uh, waited for uh for them to come over so midnight comes and sure enough, as promised, I think it's like an SUV or something, uh, comes in and it's Bobby and his wife. And so they have uh, the entire vehicle packed with Gary Carter, cards and memorabilia. So in the back of my mind, I was thinking they have been driving for hours and hours and hours. And the last thing I want to do uh, is keep them here for too long, droning on. Uh, with questions I may have. So uh, we brought everything in and I said, okay, you guys, I, I know you've been driving forever. I know you want to get back to the hotel. Let's uh, I'll just ask a couple questions and then you, know, you can be on your way. And so they were, they seemed like they were 
willing to be there for as long as as uh, I needed. But uh, I think probably in about a half hour they just say, uh, you know, I, I said, okay, that's all I need for now. And, and so you, you go go back to your hotel and get some sleep because you have a long drive ahead of you the next day. And uh, so, anyways, uh, <laughs> we we fill up the the living room and uh, I go, man, this is a lot of stuff. So they leave. And it's probably about 12.30 at this point, I guess. Um, I start thinking, huh, all this stuff is of one player. This is somebody's life work. And my goodness, it shows. Uh, boxes and boxes of cards and memorabilia. There's not many doubles, you know. It's not like there's not like a 5,000 count box of 90 Donners or anything like that. So there's nothing, nothing really on that order. There are some good doubles, and the doubles are really good for the most part. Um, but everything was organized and had a place. And so I said, you know, now is probably the time for me to actually take pictures of this entire thing. So I ended up taking them out in boxes and, you know, I uh, started putting them in the living room before I, before I actually put them up. You know, I started taking pictures, and I go, man, my living room is filled with nothing but Gary Carter stuff right now. You know, I'll go talk through a few of the pieces which are just like ridiculously cool. Um, but, uh, and what the plans are for it and that sort of thing. Uh, and also I'd like to talk a little bit about Gary Carter himself. Uh, so anyways, um, I took pictures and <laughs> before I knew it, it was like 3.30 or four in the morning. I go, oh, I'm so dead tired. I've got to get to sleep, <laughs> you know? I've got I've to be on dad duty for the next day because it's Saturday and you know, gotta be uh, be ready for for Beckett to, you know, play with him plenty and you know and all that. So, uh, so anyways, we started uh, we start uh, talking. Sorry, there's a car that was uh, <laughs> that was kind of uh, uh, disrupting my my uh, flow there. So there was nobody to talk with. It was just me at this point. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so I start um, loading things up. And like I said, three thirty four in the morning. Uh, it's like I got to get to bed. And part of it's like, you go to sleep and you're like, what have I done? <laughs> I spent a boatload of money on a, on a player that is not like Griffey or Ripken or, or Jeter or McGuire or anything. So uh, part of the decision was not just uh, that it made sense financially, because it's, uh, you know, I, I got a great deal and everything. I'll do well with it. But it's that. Uh, the more I learned about Gary Carter, the more I became a fan of his. Kind of like what happened with Daryl Strawberry. Um, and I've probably talked about him in the past as well. Um, but, you know, Gary Carter, he was actually, just a quick uh, background on him, really fun stuff, really fun stuff to, I, I love diving into players like this to learn things about them uh, you know, that I might not have known otherwise. Like, I've known who Gary Carter is since I was a kid. He's always been in those packs of 90 score or 89 Fleer or, you know, 92 Donners or whatever, right? And so, uh, <laughs> so to be able to learn so many new things about this fabulous player uh, is great. And so here's a few things that are, that are interesting about him. So first of all, uh, his rookie card is 1975. He's uh, uh, in 1975 tops and Obichi. And he uh, came up with the Expos. He ended up uh, going over to the Mets in 1985. And in 1986, 
he helped the Mets uh, just absolutely devastate the rest of the league. And, uh, uh, and so when I think of the 86 World Series, I think of the fateful time when, uh, you know, Mookie Wilson hit a grounder to Bill Buckner and it went through his legs, right? I never really thought too terribly much about the, the Mets side things, just other than like, holy cow, this curse of the Bambino thing's real, right? <laughs> and so uh, I never thought about on the side of the Mets. Well, the Mets were a devastatingly good team and they had a lot of, uh, I don't know, rabble rousers, I guess you could say. <laughs> a lot of different loud personalities. And, uh, you know, they, they ended up winning, obviously, and it was a, a miracle. And the whole season really kind of shook New York upside down. And so you think of New York being kind of like, you know, Yankees territory. Well, 86, it was all Mets, you know. And uh, so Gary Carter was like right in the thick of it. And so the difference between Gary Carter and everybody else was like Gary Carter was a, an outspoken Christian. He was very clean living um, and a very good influence on everybody as well. Uh, there's actually an ESPN documentary, uh, 30 for 30, called Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in the Bronx or Once Upon a Night in the Bronx, something like that. I actually uh, watched it. Uh, before Bobby came over, like the night before or something, just to kind of, you know, prepare myself of really kind of getting hyped up for this whole thing, right? And it was fun. You know, it was fun. It was talking about, like, for instance, how uh, uh, I think the first time that Carter caught Dwight Gooden was like in the 84 All-Star game or something. And they just worked together, you know. And so uh, Carter said, you know, hey, kid, wouldn't it be fun to be able to do this every five games or something? And sure enough, you know, Carter came over to the Mets after that. And so Gooden, I mean, just one of the more, one of the most dominant pitchers uh, from 84 and 85 that baseball's ever seen. You know, like he was that good. He was ridiculous. And he attributes a lot of that to uh, his battery mate, Gary Carter. Uh, he said that with Gary Carter behind the mound, behind the plate, he said that he really felt he was unhittable. And you know, I think probably that has a lot to say uh, about uh, the catcher as a position anyways, because I think catcher is probably the most underrated uh, position in all of baseball, because I, I see them, even though the pitchers are, are throwing the balls, uh, I see the catcher as kind of like the quarterback. Um, you know, they've got a lot of stuff that's going on back there. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's kind of... Uh, fun to hear that obviously from Gooden but uh but anyway so Carter ends up being you know total through his entire uh you know career he has like 11 all-star appearances um he's one of five players ever in the history of game of the game to to win two MVP awards in all-star games I think it was like 81 84 or something like that uh which is really impressive and so as I'm reading this I'm thinking, wow, okay, Gary Carter wasn't just a, some good player from the 80s and 90s. You know, he was, he was actually legit. So I started thinking, I wonder how good he was as a catcher, like in terms of just being a catcher. And whenever I started looking up uh, top 10 lists or whatever, he was on virtually every top 10 list. And in many places, he was, uh, he was the second best just behind Johnny Bench. That's how good he was. 
So I started like really looking more into his stats and everything. And you know, he's not a uh, overpowering guy. I think he had over 300 home runs, so he obviously had pop. Um, he was batting. I think his career was like in the 250s or 260s. So you know, nothing that you know you're not gonna win any batting titles like that or anything. But uh, his WAR is like second highest uh, of, among catchers. And so if you don't really know what war is, I'll, I'll try to describe it a little bit. So uh, war is a fairly new-ish stat. I never heard of it as a kid, you know, so I don't think they even had that when I was a kid. But it stands for wins above replacement. So in other words, uh, if a league average player uh, were to be replaced by uh, by a specific other player um, and their war is say 70 then uh, you could expect to win like 70 more games because of that player uh, replacing the league average and so uh, you know it's, it's a very interesting and useful metric there are people that don't like it and you know it, it, I think it's probably not without its faults but I think it's a good metric um, decent and this is coming from me who really uh, puts a lot of weight in, uh, you know, average and, and home runs. So, uh, but over the years, I've kind of really uh, subscribed to more of a, a feel of, uh, you know, pr production instead of just limiting to average and home runs. But war kind of helps me get there too. <laughs> and so anyways, Gary Carter, he's number two among all catchers of all time. If I remember correctly, I think he's like at 70, uh, 70 war. And so, uh, and, and keep in mind, the war is going to be different from position to position as well. So like the, in other words, like first basemen are typically going to, this is how I understand anyways, first basemen are going to typically produce more offensively um, just because that's the nature of the beast there. They don't have to worry about being on their knees all the time. They're typically bigger guys and uh, and so because of that, they'll have more power a lot of times. And, uh, you know, so the catching, I would say, is, is more demanding of a position. So given the same output, the war is going to be higher uh, for the catcher than the first baseman. So anyways, and same thing like with uh, shortstop versus first baseman. You know, shortstops, they're typically going to be more nimble uh, guys. So that means that they're not going to typically have as much pop as, like, say, a right field or a first baseman or something. Uh, but... Anyway, so that's that's war. That's wins above replacement, and so and Gary Carter dominates most every other uh, catcher in, in all of history uh, in that in that metric. Uh, interestingly enough, he's got quite a bit higher of war than Canseco, and even edges out Mark McGuire, which I thought was kind of interesting, um, and that made me really take note. So uh, Gary Carter is uh, he's a Hall of Famer, uh, by the way, and. He is uh, definitely, as I said, a very outspoken Christian that lived very cleanly. Um, and in 2012, he ended up passing away because I think it was brain cancer or something, which, you know, yeah, that really, that's, that's awful. You know, I, I know that this is no news to, uh, to most everybody out there that, that really likes Carter. Uh, but, you know, for me, like, man, I wish he was still alive. I'd love to be able to... Uh, to meet him sometime or whatever, you know, so I guess, uh, you know, oh, well, we'll, we'll see each other in heaven, you know, but, uh, but man, 10 years ago, it was a decade ago, 
And so, anyways, all this kind of made the collection more meaningful to me, which is good and bad, right? Because now I don't really want to sell it. <laughs> but, you know, the whole reason for me to buy this entire collection was to sell it because I knew that I'd be able to make some money off of it. So, uh, the difference in this one, because like I always, it seems like whenever I buy a collection, uh, now there are a few times like with Kinseiko collections that I didn't have this feeling of what I typically do. The, the other Kinseiko collections I, I bought out were similar to this one, uh, this Gary Carter collection, uh, where I go, you know, for, for all the other collections I have for the most part that I've picked up, I go through it and I go, huh, I feel like something's missing. Did I miss something? Like, it doesn't feel complete. Like, it's all here. Like, I feel not fulfilled, if that makes sense. Um, the difference between that and this is I've had this collection in my office now, which, by the way, y'all, like, I could barely shoehorn myself in my own office <laughs> at this point. You know, there's a all kinds of other cards and you know comics and transformers and everything in between you know and just how i like it my wife not so much <laughs> she's she's not really a big fan of this and beckett you know can't can't get to me as well uh, in the office right now at this point but uh man it's uh it is a sight to be seen and so when it comes to these carter cards uh i am just having a blast like six days later I'm looking through these cards. I'm finding myself looking through the cards over and over and over again. And it's fun to be able to get into kind of the mind of another super collector, Bobby, in this point, uh, in this case, and kind of get a little bit of a feel for how he collected, maybe why he collected, what he collected, and how important it was to him. So every single card that he had was an order and in a sleeve then in a top loader then in a team bag and everything is so clean and so nice and just parallel after parallel after parallel and uh there are some absolute legit grail pieces and i'll tell you uh before i get to some of those let me tell you even about like uh there's like a, a box of uh, nothing but like, uh, oh, all-star game programs that Gary Carter was in, World Series, uh, you know, appearance like 86 World Series, for instance. Um, uh, there's advertisements, um, and Gary Carter was in a ton of advertisements, by the way. Um, oversized pieces, uncut sheets, um, <laughs> all kinds of really amazing things, like really obscure things, too. Like, for instance, uh, you'll have like, him being on the cover of some 70s uh, Canada uh, sports magazines um, or, you know, like an advertisement for Chrysler or, I mean, just uh, all kinds of things. Like, it's really, I'm not really a fan of the, of all of the poster type or advertisement things, but there's something about these that are, I don't know, they've just got sold to them. It seems like it's really interesting. And I was thinking also, I was like, man, I wish there was like a book or something on Gary Carter. Well, come and find out. There are a lot of books on Gary Carter. <laughs> and I think he probably has all of them. Uh, same with bobbleheads. There are a number of bobbleheads. And uh, I asked Bobby, I said, hey, Bobby, before I 
pull out each and every one of these and take pictures and that sort of thing, um, can you tell me, um, you know, like what the overall condition is of these? Uh, are there any problems? He goes, nope, no problems at all with any of them. <laughs> and so I go, okay, good enough for me. And that makes sense. That makes absolute sense to me for uh, the way that he collected this thing. And uh, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of rare pieces as well, like pieces that are like very sought after, which is really kind of fun uh, to be able to see this as well, because you look at something, I'll give you an example, uh, the 92 Donner's update, Gary Carter. Uh, you look at it, you think, okay, three cents, five cents on a good day. Nope, I was wrong. The 92 Donner's update, Gary Carter, sells typically between 30 and $40. Go. <laughs> Had no idea. Had absolutely no idea. Uh, probably the biggest quote-unquote grail uh, of everything in there. Um, I would say would be what's called the 1982 FBI disc. And it's probably the one that I've had a lot of people ask about uh, right off <laughs> once they heard about me uh, uh, picking up this collection. Uh, it is the grail of grails when it comes to Gary Carter. And he has the only graded uh, PSA copy, if I recall correctly. And, or I do now, I guess. Which is really kind of fun because again, if you didn't know any better, you would think that was just some regional issue that might be worth a couple bucks. <laughs> nope, come to find out, it is a big, big, big deal. Uh, among the others, there are some 80s style prototypes. There's a few, oh, well, let me back up. There's a, a complete uncut sheet of 1975 tops uh, that has Gary Carter on it. And, uh, you know, his rookie, obviously. And so it's really kind of neat also because it's, uh, it's super nice condition. And, uh, you know, just really kind of a really neat piece. Um, there's also a couple uh, 82 tops blacklists, which is a big deal. They're really big deal of cards. 85 tops minis, uh, regular and blank back. One, the blank back is graded by, I think it's like a two or something because it's got a crease or whatever. Um, but they are super, super, super hard cards. Uh, the 84 tops uh, head cut off uh, or head in a box or something like that. I don't know what it's called. I uh, didn't know that even existed, but that's a big deal of a card. Um, 90 Donner's Aquius. That's the, that's the main one that uh, kind of has, uh, you know, that, you know, Conseco shares with him. Uh, in, in the in the in the respect that uh, Kinseko has one too, Kinseko obviously doesn't have any of the others because he doesn't have any cards from them. But anyways, another one was really interesting and I'd never seen before is an '88 Tops uh, flip stock where the front was printed on the back and the back was printed on the front, which is really neat. I really like it. I've never seen a Kinseko like it before, um, but that's a fun card. Um, inside the other pieces. Uh, there's a bat barrel from 2009 Sweet Spot. There's a button. Uh, there's a leaf laundry tag. Uh, there's unbelievable amount of autographs. I think there's like uh, 550 certified autographs. And inside those guys, there's like 83 different 
National Treasures booklets, each of which have a cut check signature and is by far, and I, I don't mean to mince words there, is by far the most impressive booklet collection of a single player that I've ever seen in my whole life. And it is absolutely bananas. Like, I don't know how many booklets I've had of Conseco um, at any given time. I know that uh, I think probably five, <laughs> maybe something like that. I don't know, but this is bananas. It's, it's insane. So really a, a pleasure to go through this. And it's just like every time you pull up a, uh, a pile of cards, you're like, oh man, this is really neat. Oh, I can't believe it, this is neat too. And uh, it's really fun. Uh, as far as memorabilia goes, this is neat too. Uh, there are a couple of game used uh, pants, one of which is Gary Carter's first ever uh, away pants as a member of the Mets uh, from 1985. Oh, by the way, there's a number of uh, autographed baseballs as well. Two of which being one being a 1980 All-Star Game ball and another being a 1984 All-Star Game ball, which is phenomenal. <laughs> you know, really cool stuff. There's also an absolute memorabilia one of one. There's other one of ones as well, but a one of one that's a jumbo that's just his number patch. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal piece. Uh, really really cool uh very cool as far as display displayability goes um the pants are amazing obviously because of the being the first ones uh of him as a as a mets player uh on the road but there's also a uh, a massive seven foot tall banner of gary carter that used to hang at shea stadium and it's like certified as such as well uh, which is really neat. So, you know, you have all those thousands and thousands and thousands of people uh, flooding into Shea Stadium. And as they're walking down, uh, you know, the halls of the stadium or whatever, uh, I'd like to get a picture of it whenever it was hung out. But, uh, you know, these people would go down and see the, uh, the heroes and the Hall of Famers uh, that wore Mets uniforms. And that banner that I have at home with me right now uh, was one of them and uh, just such a really 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 neat piece there's also something I really like as well uh, there are not one not two not three but four uh, authentic subway posters that were actually hanging in the New York subway during the magical 1986 season and these posters guys they're massive they're from like four to five, four by five feet, if I remember correctly. They're huge. I opened up all four of them, put them in my living room, and they covered the entire living room front area. <laughs> it was really, really, it's really neat to see them. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. But, I mean, those are kind of the main things, I guess. But, again, tons of other things. I mean, 550 autographs of a guy that passed away from a decade ago. I mean, that's a... <laughs> That's nuts, absolutely nutty. But uh, all kinds of different parallels, various game used cards, and uh, I mean, just a, a true, absolute pleasure to be able to go through. So uh, I told Holly, I said, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really liking this. I'm really enjoying these. It's uh, it's going to be hard to say goodbye to to all this stuff here, especially because I just uh, I've become a, a Gary Carter fan uh, through all of this. I truly have. Um, 
But anyways, it's it's fun to be able to kind of retell this because all the stuff that gets my adrenaline going, it's exciting. And uh, you know, it goes to show you that uh, you, know, you, you don't have to just buy boxes of cards or whatever, you know, like you can buy actual collections and it can be a good thing um, you know, to be able to do that. And you can uh, do so if you have time to you know, be able to make money a little bit off of it and you can uh, keep some cool cards for free basically at the end as well. Now, it is hard work to do it, you know, but you know, the argument is when it comes to cards, is it really work? Yeah, I would say so, but it's fun work. And that's why I got into this. If this were a collection of coins, yeah, probably not for me. But because it's baseball cards, yeah, I'm all in and I love this. I love this collection and can't wait to actually get home and go through it again. Because uh, it is just uh, is that much fun. So anyways, that does it for tonight. I just want to kind of give you an update. Keep an eye out on uh, my YouTube youtube.com forward slash tan man baseball fan i've got a a couple of videos that i put up on these and i think i'll probably do an article at some point as well uh it just it's uh it's worthy of a, it's worthy of a video it's worthy of an article uh very cool stuff so um anyways there it is and you know the fun thing is also by the way is you never know what's going to come out of these big deals like who knows maybe a Mickey Mantle collector will say, you know, I'm done with my mantles or my Babe Ruth's or whatever. Let's trade. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I love Gary Carter even more. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love that the, the future. So like wide open on, on this sort of thing. But right now, in the meantime, before it does, I do anything with it, I'm just enjoying the heck out of this thing. So anyways, as always, you guys, thank you so much for listening and I hope y'all have a great rest of your day.